Hello, welcome to Politricking with myself, T.D. Madia. So if you remember in August, I was very deliberate. I was very clear that there are women who are fascinating, who are heroic, who are admirable, that we ought to talk to, ought to celebrate, ought to get a sense of who and what they were. What I didn't tell you is I wanted to include in the series somebody named Mukhadi. I like calling him Mukhadi. My other name is Mahwadi, so because they're so similar, I like that. But anyway, I wanted to speak to Mukhadi, and we couldn't at the time, and now we got this great opportunity to chat to her, and I thought, if not, why the hell not? I think this is a conversation well worth breaking the rules for just a little bit. Who's Mukhadi, you ask? Is it Cobra? What are the signs that they make when they see her running? Yeah, That's a Cobra that's sign. Correct. That's the one. You heard her voice. <laughs> no, her voice told you exactly who Mukhadi is. Kasta Semenya is joining us in studio at Prime Media Place this week. And we're just going to catch up with her because she's released a book, The Olympic Medalist. And I've read the book. You I'm deep in my feelings about the book. But we have a conversation with her now. So it's Mukhadi. Thank you so much for joining us. No, actually, you know what? The book speaks a lot about your time. It takes us back when you were a little girl. And for me, because myself, there was a lot of lot of nostalgia for me. It speaks about where the you were growing plants. There was a felt guy, there was so much space, but it wasn't a cell. That's what you consumed. It spoke about the long drops, it spoke about the mischief, and all of that. The importance of starting this book by taking us all the way back. I asked around, I don't even know where exactly that is, but yes, the importance of taking us back to the village. Yeah, uh, I think it's, uh, it's very important uh, for a human to understand you know, their roots, to understand where they're going. But I think the most important thing is that uh, understanding the importance of family, uh, the importance of uh, self-love, uh, and you know, how they've groomed you. Uh, for me, what you see is what you know, my parents have raised me, and they've prepared me so well that... Even when I face the world, uh, I'll always, you know, remain calm and also understand what I stand for and what I want in life, uh, what I want to achieve and what, you know, uh, it is my purpose. You know, you know, my name is Mohadi, you know, the one who guides. So definitely that's a definition of it. But the most important thing about this book, it's, it's about, you know, self-love, self-respect, you know, self-actualization, you know, how to manage yourself and all those kind of things. Then if you have a, a better relationship, you know, with yourself, uh, it makes it easy for you as an individual to live, you know, in this world. A core, really, at the heart of this book is your journey in the way we saw it as outsiders. But you take us behind the scenes. You were 18 yeah. when most of us saw you on television. You were 18 when we saw you at the airport with Mama Winnie and mm-hmm. Julius Malema. You were a baby, in essence, yeah. when things were unfolding around your sexuality. I mean, not your sexuality, about your gender. There is a question about sexuality in the book, too. But it was about your gender. When that was happening, you yeah. were a baby. When people were trying to dissect your humanity on a global scale, mm-hmm. just trying to make sense of that and being picked apart and then making a decision now at your age 
yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Talk me through the decision before I even delve even deeper <laughs> into the book. I think uh, the decision uh, based on that is that as a human, when people are start talking about you, uh, it's all about assumptions. Uh, you you distance yourself a little bit and then you just watch from the distance and say, okay, people are talking, they're talking about me. They don't know me. They don't know where I'm coming from. They don't know who am I. But the decision based on that, it was just me trying to protect myself from the public, you know, protect myself from the world just to say, look, I need to understand myself better before anyone can do. And for doing that, it has helped me a lot, especially mentally, uh, physically. Now you can see that transition from, you know, 209 to 12 to 16. Uh, it was massive. You know, I was matured enough to handle everything. Whilst then I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to keep quiet and just be me. Because at the end of the day, from young age, I've been myself and I loved myself. I loved my space. So, but then when the noise came in, I had to learn how to just silence it, pause and have that time with myself. Ask myself if I can do this, if it's really, you know, right or wrong. But at the end of the day, as a human being, you must always have that room for disappointment. And for me being a young child like that, it was like, okay. I'm used to being, you know, looked, you know, differently. I'm used to being, you know, talked, you know, about. So if the media talks about me, it's good. There's no such thing as a bad publicity. Oh, but there uh, is Mahadi. No, there's nothing like that. Because when people talk about you, that means you exist. That means <laughs> makes you, relevant. you are alive, you are relevant, you know, and you are the most, you know, important person. But if they don't talk about you, you must know that uh, there's something wrong about it. But when they talk about your difference, it, it starts, you know, teaching you how to love yourself and understanding the being you are. Because it's not wrong to be, you know, different. It's good because, you know, people will always talk about you and they will groom you. They will build you. Some they'll try to destroy you, but mm. if you're going to let the talks define you, then it becomes a problem. But if you just sit and, you know, listen to your heart, feel yourself and say, you know what? I am Mahadi, I'm a woman, I'm fast, I know I'm different, I know my looks, stuff that. It's okay. I look at the mirror every day and look at myself. I love what I see there. I love what reflects there. I do not take it serious when people say, ah, she's like a man. I know men how I look like. I know how I talk. You know who you are. I know who am I, you understand? And that, it, it can build an individual. That's why when I'm 30, 32, I decided, you know what? I think I'm ready, you know, to share my story. I'm ready, you know, to talk about my experience, my life experience. I talk about my highs and lows. Talk about, you know, when I felt I'm in a good space and I'm not, you understand? Uh, people need to understand that it's okay to be different. How do you reconcile the fact that for 15 years of your life, your body was being picked apart, being scrutinized in public, in particular corridors and halls, when you are stepping on the track, there are murmurs and it's about, again, what mm. you look like. And you're a person who's confident. Eh? You grew up in a family, daddy's girl, you grew up in a family where you really owned your space, in a village yeah. where you owned your space. And then you come out into the world and then here's a thing that's happened and it didn't happen during that period. Yeah. It continued for well over 15 years of your life. Yeah. What I loved about the situation was like, people forget they all have bodies. People forget that they all have differences. And people forget that we study biology. And people forget that we all have the kind of uh, you know, body parts that are different in this world. But if you don't embrace your body, if you don't embrace yourself, it becomes a problem. For me, I'm happy that my agenda or everything about me was publicized. Because if it wasn't, you can never be that positive. 
out there and live your life. You understand? It teaches us as human to say, look, I need to explore myself. I need to understand myself in a level where no one can. So I don't need to. You. Of course. It was good. I loved it because <laughs> I always loved to go out there, you know, teach people about people with differences because people tend to mock you. People tend to judge you, criticize you. They don't understand, you know, the importance of being different. I always say I'm not a mistake. I was born for a reason. You know, God created me for a reason to be the change. You know, I'm the change because... Um, uh, of course, of course. Guiding and, <laughs> and you're here to guide, you understand? If you're going to mock someone because of their looks, you, you what about you? I always asked because of say when in 2009 I was asked, am I woman enough? And I always ask, okay, as a man, you're asking me, that, are you men enough? Because even a man can have differences. Men can have a low sex drive. They can have a, a lot of a estrogen in their body. Their body yes. can look different, but that does not make you less a man. No, it doesn't. And that's part of the yes. lesson. That's part of the lesson. Yeah. I want to go back again to 09. I want to go back to Berlin. But before I even speak about what was happening in Berlin, I want your sense of Athletic South Africa's handling of yeah. that entire case. I felt angry. I know you say the book is not because you feel pity for yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it is a, a book of self-love and a journey towards that. But I really felt angry at Athletic South Africa's handling of your case from the psychologist who came to see you and realized you didn't know what was happening. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's one situation where people couldn't know how to handle it. They could have just be honest and say, "Look, this is what's happening." Instead of that, they thought they're protecting me. No, they were not. They were protecting themselves, uh, you know, from you know <laughs> the universe or from uh, fellow South Africans. But I cannot blame them. They did what they thought it was right for them to do. I did what was right for me to do, you understand? And at the end of the day, for me, I learned from that to say, look, I cannot trust no one. For me, if anything comes in, especially in terms of they send in a psychologist like that to try to cancel, but then the psychology also does not really hit you with the what they're there for. It becomes a problem because of you get surprised when I went and they're like, okay, man, I, I don't care, you know, I, I've been tested before. And if you're not honest enough to say, look, Yes, I'm here because of you being asked to do the gender test. It was just going to be simple. Instead of that, they allow the psychologist to come to counsel for something that don't exist to me. And then I get to this Mediforum hospital. I'm there with this guy. I realize, no, this is not really not a doping test. And I was like, man, I, I got nothing to hide. You do what you got to do. At the end of the day, you could be, be wasting my time. I got a flight to catch. You understand? Yeah, you kept I saying got a world title, you know, to win. You, you understand? So for win. me, it wasn't all about that. I did not care about, I knew I'm different. But that did not make me less a woman. I'm a woman that I am. What lessons do you hope that ASA would have taken from dealing with your experience? Because you're not going to be the last that they have to deal with that supposedly presents something that's slightly different to what they know. I think they need to start learning how to you know, handle situations like that, especially young girls like that. You just need to be honest. You need to send the, you know, those kids in and with us, as well as parents because, you know, if your parents are, are seeing, you know, headlines out there that, you know, your things have been mishandled. So for me, I'll say they need to learn how to support these athletes. They need to learn how to be there, understand their emotions, how they're feeling at that moment because now if you lie to me that, I'm going for doping and it's not doping. And later on, it can affect you a lot. Some people, they, 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 they take suicides. They do that. Uh, they take their lives. 
for me, fortunately, I was strong enough to handle myself, to say, you know what, I'm going just to be myself, handle this thing my own way. But for a young girl who's coming from a rural area, then face that. These authorities need to learn how to just sit down with the kids, explain them the situation that, look, this is what's happening. We feel like this is the route that we need to take. But first, they need to go through it with the parents, say, look, this is the situation that we're facing. Uh, we feel like this way it's going, you understand? And the kid will understand, say, if I do the test or not. And then you can eliminate yourself from such by just walking away than, you know, getting into deep gender tests like that. If you knew then what you knew after, would you have continued? Would you have withdrawn? Mm. Would you have spared yourself everything that's happened to you during that period? I could have walked away. I didn't need to prove to no one that I'm a woman. It was the case that, you know what, I don't belong here. Why must I force myself into a space that I don't belong? I was just going to walk away. Would you have walked away, Mahali? Yeah, I could have walked away, definitely. Because if I knew it was a gender test, why must I go out there do the gender test? If I want to do the gender test, I would do it on my own, you know, willingly, not trying to prove anything to anyone. So that's what I'm saying. When you're doing counseling like that, advise these kids to say you have a choice. You know, not saying, no, if you don't do it, you're not going to run. You, you get what I'm saying? It's lifetime's work. Uh, yeah. Put so, them in an awkward yeah. position, yeah. yeah. And your feelings about IAAF, especially now, because your fight yeah. with the IAF is far <laughs> from over. How do you feel about them and their handling of the entire matter? No, I think uh, they're racial. You know, this is a racial issue. It's discriminatory. And if you look at it, it pisses me off because looking into a situation like that, why regulate a women's sport if a women's sport is very dearly to you or is very important? And on top of it, you say you're there to protect women. Which women are you talking about? Because if we're talking about women's sport, it includes everyone because as much as the title says well at the ticks it should be <laughs> for all and then you look at it it only affects Asians and Africans it only affects only brown skill colored people so if you look at it it would be saying look this is a one-sided story just because we are dominant is a problem but if you look at the men's sport men can have their own differences but they're phenomenal they're supernatural they're something oh, out of this gifted. world yeah. they're gifted but if a woman genetically is gifted it's a problem so it raises a lot of question in terms of uh, the research that they say they've done and all those things. No, the research that they've done is based on only African women and Asian women. That's all. I'm going to come back to the IWF because we must speak about what happens now going forward. Yeah. But talk to me about when the reports, again, of your gender test yeah. from the IWF found their way through, I think, Australia, Australian media. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember where you were that moment when you found out? And even though mm. you now say, and I, and, I, and, I, and I applaud you for it, for saying, I have nothing to hide. Then Everybody knows yeah. what's going on with me, so I'll own it. But even yeah. if you say that, the moment there where the things you did not know were mm. happening inside you are being confirmed via media. So the respectability, the dignity of Mukhari, here's what we understand, was also not given to you, was taken away from you in that moment. Talk me through that. I think when, when, when they leaked, it was like, oh, okay, you did a test, you leaked them. Okay, it's fine. You can continue on doing what you're doing. But at the end of the day, for me, there's no man that can drag me off the track. If you have balls enough, you come. Because I met with them, the president of uh, ASA, the late trainee. Yes, and he, he knew he cannot handle that. I, I just told him one thing. Look, man, you only have a choice to be part of it or be part of me. It's simple. I'm going to win the gold and go home. I don't care what happens after that. 
and he sends the the vice president Kakata. It's Maponyani uh, from you yes. know TAF. And then when we were sitting there, I told him I'm not gonna stop running. So whether they like it or not, yes, they've leaked everything. I know everything, but it does not shake me. It does not scare me because end of the day, what you've leaked, of course, you've leaked my results. I'm not ashamed of them. But the question is, what is it that you're going to do about them? Are you going to drag me off the track while everyone is watching, or what are you gonna do? So to remember, I studied, you know, sports science. I had a background of, you know, sports law and all those things. I knew they had no right to drag me off the track because I already ran hits and semis. Now they leak. Probably when they leak the results, they thought it would disturb me. I did not hear nothing when I was there. What the hell makes you so strong, Mukhadi? Like that kind of resolve. <laughs> because I like to think like I'm a strong girl, but like to withstand um, that kind of pressure, of course, and to go back and perform and be like, just because you think I can't, let me show you. Yeah, remember, what makes you so strong, man? I, I know the struggle. I know where I'm coming from. But at the end of the day, the results do not define me. They do not define the human I am. Those are just the results that you know. Yes, I'm born with the differences and all those things, but it don't make me fast. I work hard every day. I wake up every morning, five o'clock. I do what those girls don't do. Yeah, I know my story. So. It did not shake me, man. You draw your strength from your ancestors. You, you draw strength from God. God is the one who created you. He gave you life. You'll take it. You know, it's temporary. I wasn't going to waste that moment. I'm in Berlin. I knew the possibilities of me doing it for the first time and the last time. <laughs> you understood your situation. I you know your story. I knew it. I watched Naomi Osaka a few years ago. Naomi Osaka, when the pressure got too much, said, actually, I can't do this. Emotionally, it's not for me. You come from an era where that wasn't the case. We weren't used to sports stars being able to give into their emotions. When you watch that happen, did you not have a sense of envy saying, oh, I wish I'd arrived at a different time in my career where I could be afforded that kind of vulnerability to say, actually, this is too much? No, I think it comes with you naturally. If you're going to allow people to control the situation or you're going to take charge of it remember as people we differ me i'm not an emotional person my emotion i can control i learned how to mute my emotions yeah it's okay to say to be vulnerable it's okay to to say yo here i can't take it but me i am not that individual who's going to allow bullies to come and bully me when you bully i hit back and i always say you give me stress i give you heart attack you <laughs> you've been doing that since you're a kid <laughs> beating up boys from the age of I always six say, for, I, I, I yeah. felt sorry you know i felt sorry for her i also watched you know uh, serena when she you know emotionally yes that that, know, that 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 funny uh, enough the game with then, Naomi, you get what I'm yeah. so me i just give you a look i'm saying stuff you I'm going to let you control the situation. I'll control the situation at that moment. Maybe later on, when I sit down and then start thinking about it, maybe then. But when I'm in public, in competition, no ways. I remember even 2016 when uh, Sebastian said, you know, we're going to go through um, this thing. We're going to regulate it. We're going to take them out. I said, yes, fine. He can bring it on. I don't give a damn. I don't care what this man says. He has a long tongue, but he can't face me. You understand? He <laughs> needs to calm. He speaks yeah. a lot, yeah. but he can't face me and say those things. You understand? But if you're saying it publicly, it does not affect me. It's, it's none of my business. Other people's perception of me has got nothing to do with, it, with me. You understand? I not always say business, to, it, yeah. to people, it's not my business. My business is to handle my shit, put it together. 
I want to move away, but before yes. I do, let's speak about IWF for the last time. Yes. The, the court outcomes in July, in yeah. essence, don't necessarily mean you go back to the track. Of it just course. means that the fight continues. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you in your head about what needs to happen? Um, is this the end? I mean, people speak about your age. I'm speaking to some of the sports yeah. guys. They're like, hey, she's 32. Geez, you know, we like to use the word tragedy quite loosely. Yeah. But actually, what's happened to her is quite tragic. They've killed yeah. her career in that space. Your, your thoughts around mm-hmm. that? No, I think uh, you look at my age, of course. Anyway, I was nearing my end of my the career. So I've achieved everything I've ever wanted to achieve. So for me, I cannot say it's a tragedy. No, it's, a, it's maturity at its best. I grew up, I learned, I knew that, you know, I'm going to be fighting for the rest of my life, you know. Now, I think the most important thing about this case is that doing what's right. You know, I always fight, you know, for diverse and, you know, inclusivity. So for me, I'm fighting for the next, you know, upcoming generation. I, I'm paving up the, the way. I mean, I've achieved everything. You look at my, my cabinet. <laughs> it's only goals. You stand. <laughs> medals are medals are I've medals. achieved that through the, you know, the hardships. You know, you may call it stumbling box. I jumped over them. You understand? So, but the, 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 the case, it, it, it's good. It's a positive, you know, outcome when they say, they look at, you know, human rights first before they can rule anything, which is, is very important. And this is an ongoing, you know, case where we don't really care about if the Swiss, you know, fight back. At the end of the day, when they fight, we fight back. We will fight till we get what's right. At the end of the day, we want, you know, IAAF and the Swiss to respect athletes, to respect the human rights. We want each and every girl when they walk in the field of sports, they say, you know what, my rights are being taken, you know, care of. Not to say they just treat you like an animal or anything. So it's an ongoing case as much as I say, we're still going to fight. We're still going to go back to the you know, mm. court of arbitration and everything. So, yeah. I do, I do want to wrap up, but the thing about your book is there's so many nice things to pick at. <laughs> you speak about your parents. Yeah. I love when you write about your parents. Um, yeah. The love you have for your mother. I said earlier you were a daddy's girl. But also you speak about how invasive we were as members of the media and trying to get, what is Casta feeling? Because I remember, I have memories of when you came back. Yeah. And I remember being in the newsroom. I don't remember which one. I've been in so mm. many. In one where they're like, can somebody go to Pretoria and see if she's back on the track training? Try and find Casta. Get her to say something. That's how badly we wanted to hear from you. But you speak so much about how all of these things affect the parents. Earlier you spoke about how Athletics SA and any athletics body, I, mm. I imagine, must consider the parents who see headlines it's when these things are unfolding. Just your reflections on the impact on your family. No, it was it was tough because now they, here they are, the parents, they're worried about their young girl. They ask me, are you fine? I'm saying, I'm fine. Yeah, but they could see, nah, it's, she's not really... The person that, you know, yeah, it's like darkness, you understand? But at the end of the day, what I will say is that I appreciate, you know, what they've done for me. They allowed me to be in my own space because happiness comes first. And they gave me that support that I needed. I just told them, like, guys, if you just step away a little bit, allow me to handle this on my own because I don't want anyone to distract me. At the end of the day, I know that it's hard for you. It's hard for you to see me, you know, on newspaper every day, these headlines on TV and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you need to consider my feelings. If I don't want anyone, I don't want the angles, I don't want anyone near me, I'm fine. 
space. Believe it if I'm saying I'm fine. But it affected them a lot. But when they saw me coming okay, engaging with them, you know, coming home, doing everything with them, the activities, they were like, well, maybe she's fine. Yeah. But, but, but like I said, I appreciate, you know, what they've done for me, uh, the support that they've gave me, you know, allowing me just to be me for me. I think uh, that's, that's the moments that I can cherish for the rest of my life. Is Pride Month, I love the fact that this is actually happening during Pride Month, your book takes us into your relationship with Violet. Like, it's a beautiful thing where yeah. here you are saying to us, this is my best friend. This is where I'm at. <laughs> Just the thoughts around the importance of owning that space. At that point when your relationship was forming, there were murmurs, there were questions. Mm. It, it affected some relationships that you had with some of your coaches and some of the people you're working with. But ultimately, though, the importance of, not only am I going to tell you about my journey as an athlete, but I want you to also find this vulnerable part of me where also you're a mother of two beautiful little girls. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, uh, as individuals, we, we're always in the sometimes the wrong cycles. Uh, people tend to think they own your space. They tend to forget that there is professionalism. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, coaches and athletes and stuff like that. They want to, you know, take charge of your life. And then they don't realize that you're only mad because of work. You're only mad because of you're an athlete and a coach, you understand? And me and Violet, our relationship is a... It's one of those things that I always mention that if you know the movie of Love and Basketball, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. Is that your... <laughs> you, can't, you can't come, you can't Ooh, come between, yeah, you can't you come can't between the, the yeah. two. They've tried, you know, I had to end relationships, you know, with the, the best coaches and be like, my man, I'm here to run. Till the cows come. And then that's all. It. Oh, well, so if you're going to come and, you know, try to tell me how to live my life, it, it's going to be a problem. If my parents don't tell me to do that, who are you to tell me to do that? I respect you. I come, I pay for training. So why, why are you coming in between? You want to cut my ladder? And how is parenting for you guys? Parenting is beautiful, man. It's I like Pishi. No, why must it? Because kids are exhausted. Why yeah, and that's not The energy they need. Parenting is not Why? Because of you get yourself there. You can never be a good parent if you say, I'm ready to be. You are learning every day. Those kids, they make you a good parent because they make you learn each and every day. You learn every day. They always come and say, got a baby shower. You know, you must. No, 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 no. Allow people to, you know, enjoy their journey. You know, how you parent your kids is not how I'm going to parent my kids because it's different. That's why we always say, it's crying my shoe in my house. It's not my dad's. It's not anyone. I'm so, I, no, no, no. My L, I, I like Bisha because of you, you're going to start telling me, ah, no, 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 no. I raise my kids based on what I see. Because at the end of the day, kids are not the same. Households are not the same. Our behaviors are not the same. So, but nah, what I do, I do what's best for my kids. And I make sure that I provide anything that they need because of how I grew up, my man. With what? I'm not gonna do that. Just makura le Just makura le Oh no! So that's how I'm KG saying with this. KG is the engineer. He's also <laughs> laughing at you because I want. You don't want to tell me like now you play it. I don't really matter. No, ukra wija boabe ka 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 di anyale sefela. Ono fra anyale sefela. Tam you know tamadi. You just mix an acha. You know those things. So you don't want your kids to go through what you went through. You want a better you know their lifestyle. Experience. But absolutely yes. But in a strict way. So you're a strict mother. I'm strict. 
Hi, Nagadal. I have no words for you. Hey. I actually wanted to wrap up with that question, but there's one more thing. Last, 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 last question. In your book, and I was actually, I actually was uh, fascinated. Uh, you wrote about the You magazine. Yes. Oh, and I love because you know what? Spirals, I hated that magazine. You know, the Merikyu, I hated the cover. I was like, high heels. What are they doing to her? <laughs> no. And what I didn't know, what I didn't know, uh, is the way you wrote about it. You were having a fun experience. Yeah, I, I, mean, like, I was what? having fun. I was having fun. It's like here, man. I'm in the podcast. You know, having my best time of my life. You know. <laughs> Let me tell you something about the You magazine. And yeah. I, uh, surprisingly, uh, I had a, an interview with them the other day. I was like, you see, the difference between the 18-year-old caster and the 32-year-old caster. They I can't run my show. No, 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 no. <laughs> I run my show. Yeah. You see, now I'm not doing it for the Benjamins, money and that and having fun. Now I'm doing it to educate people about self-love, you know, them appreciating themselves and stuff like that. Then it was about the Benjamins. They say, the motivation behind the new magazine, it was money. They say, okay, money. They say, what does it come with? They say, you know, dresses, you know, this, colorful, you know, clothing. I say, no, it's fine because I'm with Violet. Let me have this experience with her. And guess what? That was the best moment. I enjoyed that. I couldn't believe that. I Jeff, enjoyed that I because, was, you know, I'm there looking at myself. So angry. I was so angry. you know. <laughs> I'm there with the makeup. I'm saying, like, is that me? Lip gloss? I'm like, woo! Oh, I can be sissy if I want. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this. I love you. I celebrate you. Thank you. Oh my God, I'm crying. Yeah, Thank people, you. if they don't know I'm crazy, they'll they know. No, Oh my God. Thank you. Stop. <laughs>